Well, we're okay. ready to hop in this week. You guys. What's, What's up? up? <laughs> Man, you like you had something really good there. So last time we talked about reputation management and I, I told you guys I was going to tell you some things uh, how uh, how to solicit reviews in a way yeah. that is dope. So yeah. dur during my time at Vivint Smart Home, well, actually, here's, here's a little history lesson about reputation management and soliciting reviews. So we talked about pure surveys on the last episode. When Podium, which is a local company, when they, when they first launched, they gave, or their platform, their software filtered, it was not a pure survey. It filtered out negative and positive reviews. You guys know this, right? They, they asked the question, would you leave a review? Or, or sorry, that's not the question. It was, did you have a positive experience with X company? And if the answer was yes, then they would send them to, uh, to the review platforms. If their answer was no, they would give them a open text box to explain why they had a negative experience and that would go straight to the company. So here's negative feedback to you guys. So you can take that and make, you know, the necessary changes. And then all the positive stuff went to, uh, went to a review platform. Well, they changed that. I, I, there are two reasons. One of them is like a public reason. Uh, they both are public. One of them I, I, I'm not so sure about, but one of the reasons they said was, uh, well, here's what they changed it to. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. They changed it so it's a pure survey. They just said, did you have a positive experience? Would you take 30 seconds to leave a review? Regardless of whether it was positive or negative, uh, they solicited a review. And they say it was for two reasons. One, they got better results. More people were leaving reviews. Uh, and two, uh, for the moral reason, right? Meaning uh, it's wrong for a company to exclude the people who had negative reviews. And I don't know if moral is the right word, but uh, we, uh, I actually agree to some extent that you should, you should be soliciting all reviews regardless of whether it was positive or negative, which also allows you to bypass all the regulations and rules and policies, whether it's law, legal, company, Google, whatever. Uh, anyway, so soliciting reviews, that's awesome, okay? Uh, should I pause here and let you guys react to that? That's great. Okay. You did clarify. Every word. You did clarify that uh, what that that practice of filtering reviews is against Google's uh, guidelines, correct? So I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's against their guidelines. I don't know if they specify filtering reviews. Um, I I haven't heard that part because that's what Google Podium told me that I remember. Cause that was it like could a, be, it could be, that's all I'm saying is I'm, that's not a, the claim I'm making. Sure. Sure. <clears throat> anyway, um, while I was at smart home, I decided to kind of build a mini podium, an original podium on the website. And this is the part that we did kind of by ourselves because, um, we, we cookie everyone who comes to the website, which I, I recommend everybody do. And we built it in a way that allowed us to separate customers from non-customers, right? So if you're a customer, you get a different experience. For example, if you go to the website, Vivint Smart Home, which is vivint.com, and you're a customer, you'll see a referral CTA on the homepage because they know you're a customer. You've logged in at some point, you're, you're cookied as a customer. Uh, so what we started doing was we started creating a survey 
um, I think we started on Hotjar and just created this little survey and we're able to only show it to customers or at least only show it or populate it on the back end where customers have access to. And we basically asked the same question. Hey, would you, or did you have a positive experience? Yes. Would you mind leaving a review on this platform? And then we would link off to the platform. And if they said no, we created an open text box for them to, to leave a review. And then the survey ended, right? Um, the results we got were pretty, pretty good. I mean, we kept Podium going and they, and they did the pure, the pure survey, but it's so easy, especially with like a hot jar that costs like $12 a month to build your own version of, of uh, Podium or review solicitation device and put it on your website, especially if you have a portal where customers can log in and you only service that or serve up that survey within there, you'll, uh, you'll get tremendous, tremendous results. Yeah, I've always thought, um, cause I, that's basically how Podium works. And I think the only thing Podium has over that is they have a direct API with Google to where that, that text box is the same, whether you rate positive or negative, and that text box will go directly into Google reviews, I believe. I don't right? think so. No. Someone told me uh, that they're the only ones in the, in the country that have an API with Google. So they, uh, whether they have an API with Google or not, I'm unsure of, but the way that it works, in fact, I just went to Jiffy Lube a few days ago and they're a podium, um, uh, cl uh customer. And um, let me pull it up real quick. So here's what it looks like. Can you see that? No. That's okay. Right. I'll read it. Thank you for choosing Jiffy Lube. Hi, Jacob. Thank you for choosing Jiffy Lube. Could you take 30 seconds to leave a review using the following link? And then if you click the link, it goes to use Google to leave your review. Yes, that's my only option. And it literally just links directly to, I don't know if you can see that. It links directly to the Google review uh, page. So you're not leaving the review in Podium and they're posting it for you. They're just redirecting. Um, I mean, they have really? the ability to track if you click that link because it redirects from a Podium URL, but it goes, it goes directly to, to the same page you would go to if you, if you navigated to it on Google. That seems, that seems really simple. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. Uh, the part, the part about integration or sorry, the part about review solicitation and podium are the integrations. So the biggest, uh, the biggest holdup with anything, not just podium, but all review solicitation is making sure that, uh, you have it connected to your CRM. So, uh, for years I was working with podium to where, uh, and, and we need to get into texting versus other modes of solicitation because text messaging, the review invite is like a thousand times more effective than any other mode like email or anything else. Here's some interesting statistics on text messaging. 95% of text messages are opened within the first three minutes. Believe that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, the, so 98% of text messages are red are open in red. 95% are responded to within three minutes. Okay. So you compare that to email. And it's like, oh my, it like blows it out of the water. So if you're doing any kind of review solicitation that is outside of the text messaging, you're in a, you're, it's going to be ineffective. So texting the review solicitation is paramount. It's, it's very, very important. Um, and then obviously, um, 
if you text them anything, they should be able to text you back at the same phone number. It should not be a dead number. It should not be an unmonitored number. But that conversation that you have needs to be documented in your CRM. And Podium has, has historically not been very good at posting those to your CRM. Now, I, I, they're a lot better now uh, with Salesforce and other CRMs, but uh, integrations are the bread and butter of any um, review solicitation software like Podium or Connect or Solution Reach or Weave or Reputation.com or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, it seems like the texting element too is something simple that, that one could put together. Yes, with, it is. With, it is free or extremely inexpensive software. Seems like the only trick there is connected to the CRM, which I'd imagine if you used HubSpot, you could somehow integrate the, the, the three together to connect that data into your CRM. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally think you are. I, I know of at least two texting programs that work really well with HubSpot that, that could work. The trick is the other way. So getting all the information back into your CRM is one, but utilizing the triggers within your CRM to trigger the review invite is a, is another piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So the way we have it set up both at Vivint Smart Home and at Vivint Solar is uh, as soon as the tech who finishes the install goes into their, you know, their little software thing on their iPad and they check yeah. the box that says install complete, that triggers the text. So as soon as that radio button is, is filled, it, it shoots the text message to the customer, which, um, Again, most people are just doing this one-to-one -one communication where they have to remember to either ask or text. But if you don't even have to think about it, that's, that's the ultimate solution. Um, does the tech also say something like, hey, you're going to get a text message. I'd appreciate it if you left a good review or anything like that. They can. Uh, some of them are trained. It's, uh, that's a matter of training, right? Uh, if you have incentives in place that, that incentivize them to solicit the reviews or at least tell them, Hey, you should be getting a, t a text. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, I do. Yes. The results go up. Right. Right. It's a more personal experience. Now that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the big view. I don't know how deep we want to go. And we really, we don't even have to go into this at all. We could move on to a new topic. We just said in the last episode that we'd throw out some kind of best practices. I wanted to throw it in a box, package it up and hand it off. Uh, but uh, texting, and then having that survey on your website that's just constantly hitting the customers. And as soon as it's filled out, the customer never sees it again. Those two things alone would, would, would be huge if, if you're not doing anything at all. Yeah. Well, and yeah. some of these, that's cool. some of these automation automated solutions, the difficult part is they, they work well, or you can at least rig it together to work with big services like Yelp, Google reviews and whatnot but there are many businesses and many industries where the most important review sites are not those websites. Uh, I mean, I would say in the agency world, Yelp and Google reviews are very low on the list compared to, you know, uh, review websites that are dedicated to agencies. Dev Mountain, we, we had the same thing. Switch up and course report were two, like you've got to be ranking well and you've got to have great reviews on those or else you're toast. And neither one of those have any kind of APIs. They're big websites within the community, but there's no way to automate um, to those platforms. And, and that has 
So that forced us. So I was thinking about this. this well, hang way. on, hang on, because yes. that's, not, that's not true. And so you don't need an API to send someone a URL that takes them to your review page. Sure, sure. Right? That, yeah. So, so you can so fire you a trigger an API and say, yeah, to be able do to, this. There, you may want an API to, to go get the reviews as they're posted and then place them in a software like a podium. But even if there's not an API, you could build something that goes and scrapes the reviews off the website. Uh, but anyway, sorry, clarification, it, no API needed in order to send, send them to the review platform. That is correct. You could probably even, you could probably rig up something to where you generate the URL, but then you add on like a, a tag to that URL. So then you can, uh, maybe that wouldn't work. That's only for, that's inbound. Maybe not. Never mind. No, okay, you probably Brandon, could. Carry on. Oh. Yeah, you probably could. You could add a tag to that URL, have that URL then point to a page on your site and then have that page redirect to Google. Then you would know when that URL was clicked and then you could time up, match the time of the reviews and the clicks. Yeah, nah. That wouldn't work. So I think I, I think I understand what you're saying. And Podium themselves actually, they, they can't make any claim. So they can, they can see how often someone clicks on the link to go leave a review, but they can't for sure guarantee that it actually is posted. And mm -hmm. they even pull them in. And, and you know, that's what you're talking about is like, if Matching they did up. it at this time yeah. and that they don't even, they don't even do that. Well, and that They're, wouldn't work either because I mean, you, if you have three people click at the same time and only one leaves a review, like, who does that belong or, or, to? Yeah. Or you have three people click and none of them leave a review, but someone else went there directly right. and left a review. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of complications there. Their biggest thing, which actually I think is kind of cool, the way that they prove themselves, because that's a, that's a metric that helps prove themselves, right? We, we contributed to this review and this review and this review. They can't do that. What they can do is they, they can put a line in the sand and they can say, this is how many reviews and what your average rating was before you, you hired us. And this is now what your volume looks like and your average rating after Podium. So right. they put a lot of weight on uh, before and after Podium. That's like their their big thing is before and after. Anyway, sorry, Brandon, we we uh, steamrolled you. All good, man. It's all good. No, I agree. There, you can certainly set up triggers, email workflows, whatnot. When action happens with the customer, send this email, point them to this page, send this text message, whatever. I think the advantage that services like Podium have is the integration to where, oh, this user is already signed into their Google account. All they got to do is hit the star, type a quick message, one button, bam, like painless experience for the consumer. Um, so the, the two big things I was thinking of is first, and, and you kind of touched on it, you want to hit the customer at peak happiness moment. And I think you and I had talked, Jacob, months or maybe years ago where the, I think the key time for Vivint was as soon as their installation was done. That, that's when they're the happiest. It's everything set up, they got the cool app, all the technologies in their house, they're like, this is really cool. Boom, Vivint hits them up for a review. Maybe that's changed, but that's like a peak happiness moment for that particular consumer. So that's one thing to keep in mind. The second thing, and I originally, as I was writing this down, I was like making a bold blanket, blanket statement, but the more and more I think about it, it's not all. I originally wrote down uh, that the biggest misconception is that the marketing team should be getting reviews. And that sounds like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? The marketing team should be over reviews. 
And there are, I think there are certain companies, the marketing team, so let me clarify this. The marketing team should always own the strategy of how reviews are collected. However, depending on the business model, there are usually much more effective ways outside of the marketing department to get those reviews. So for example, Dev Mountain. Dev Mountain, we tried a lot of different things. The first was the most obvious, right? A student graduates, we would send them uh, an email and then it would say, hey, it would really help us to if you left a review on this website. And then we started to realize, let's actually hit them up as soon as they get a job. And that was also tough because now we have to coordinate with another department to do that. But we were still trying to figure out like, well, let's, let's send them. A, so we finally got that figured out. The system said that they got a job and then we would fire off like some sort of automated email from Dev Mountain saying, hey, you got a job, this is awesome. Like help other people who were in your shoes three, four months ago and leave a review. And we weren't really seeing a lot of success. Then we onboarded Podium as a vendor and that helped us get more um, Google reviews it did not like podium has it so like the default one was google just because that was the easiest it was integrated you could swipe over i think facebook was an option and then we had two custom sites and all those did was it just sent them to the page there was no integration whatnot so but yeah did you we change the order in which they were shown we tested but the problem was is when we when we did switch up or a course report as the default one the user just bounced like we didn't get a single person We're like yeah sure i'll click on this and actually leave a review um, so we figured, well, we might as well get some Google reviews out of this if we're not going to get anything. And then what we finally, and, and, and it took a lot of convincing and whatnot with other departments and, and obviously my bosses was that uh, the, who was it? I wrote down the career services team. The career services team should be collecting the reviews. These are the people. So as soon as you graduate, you're assigned a career counselor, basically. And this person is working with you, giving you advice helping you out with job interviews, whatnot. And their, their job is checking in and just saying, hey, how's, how's the job prospects going, whatnot. And then they finally realize, oh, sweet, you got a job. We're going to go ahead and record that. And, and the push was like, okay, well, that's what marketing should then send some sort of automated email. And I said, no, 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 it should be that person. It should be on the phone while they're talking to them. This is so cool. Hey, real quick, would you mind leaving a review? I got a link, I'll send you. So marketing provide all the assets. We even gave them a template that they can kind of work with and personalize whatnot. We gave them the exact link, but the career counselor was trained by us and we would basically follow up every month. Hey, why are we not really seeing many, like that many more reviews? But when we, so I guess the moral of the story is if you have a company where you have an employee or several employees who have more than like one contact with a customer, that person is going to be far more effective than a marketing automation trick to basically try to time it and send it out. Now on the flip side, a company like uh, any hour plumbing where they come out, there's a one visit relationship. You barely know the guy. You don't even remember his name as he walked out. Yeah. It's not going to be as effective if, if Harry's like, Hey man, do you mind reading a review? You might be well-intentioned to say, absolutely. And then you forget as soon as, and, and Harry's not going to be the guy that's going to send you a link or whatnot. So for a service like that and where Google reviews are, I think the most important for services like plumbing and like catering, whatnot, like where you're actually just, that's where, that's where people go. Like I think B2B companies and services where like similar to like a dev mountain where that is B2C, but there's a heavy, strong company and user or customer relationship. You, should, you need to pinpoint who has the best relationship 
And then the marketing team needs to strategize and work with that person or that team to say, we need, we're going to give you all the assets you need, but you're going to be the one that's asking for the review. And when it comes from you, it's not annoying. It's, it's a personal thing and, and they care because you care about them. I think a lot of people are annoyed where it's like, who the heck, marketing, Brandon from the marketing team just reached out to me. Who's this guy? Uh, I want to talk to so-and-so. That's the person I always work with. So I think a lot of times people look at the marketing team as like this fate. And even if you try to guise it as like, this is just coming from the company and hey, congratulations or whatever it is. When, at least in my experience, when we have tested where we've shifted the actual execution to humans who are interacting with the customers, our reviews soar way up. And again, that's why I backed up and I said, okay, okay. As I thought through a lot of different industries, yes, automated solutions like a plumbing company, even a home security company where you don't really have a relationship with any particular person, then certainly let's see what we can automate. And, and the marketing team would be essentially executing all of that. That's, I don't know if you have disagreements there or thoughts. But. I don't think I ever thought that it's marketing's job inherently to do, to gather reviews. I think it's, I think in all the cases you've been talking about, it's marketing's job to facilitate the gathering of reviews. If that means that marketing themselves are doing it, fine. If that means that they are empowering the, the tech to go out and collect them or whatever, but like in the Vivint smart home example, the tech is the one, he, he flips the switch, they get an automated thing and the tech may say and be instructed to say, hey, we're, we're gonna leave a review, I'd appreciate your feedback. Um, and so he's kind of soliciting the, the uh, review in, in addition to automation, but it's marketing who is going to set up the automation. It's marketing who's going to coach the techs and encourage them to, and remind them to ask for reviews and perhaps even work with some other teams to set up an incentive model for those techs that get high reviews or something. But like yeah. they're the, in my head, they're the project managers of reviews and who does the execution doesn't necessarily have to be tied to marketing. I think there are though, I think there's a lot of companies though, where that person, like in my case, the career services, there was pushback. It's like, that's not my job. I've already got a million other things to do. Now you want me to also ask them for a review? Like that's, that's your job. I think that's how a lot of people look at it. I think you're perhaps in a unique situation where you're a genius. Hence no, I, I agree. I agree that it's not their job until you make it their job. Yes. But you it, need, it, but you need buy-in I'm saying from your, like, I don't, I'm not their boss, right? Like I can't go to another department and say, you yes. have to do this no, thing. You're right. but the CEO you're right. needs to, I think the CEO should say, this is marketing's job to make sure we get reviews and marketing. I, I give you the power to implement and pull whatever resources you need from other departments to make that happen. That's yeah, right. So. And they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it unless they're incentivized to. They're not because they're not held accountable right. to the number of reviews. They're not held accountable to the average ratings. They're not held accountable to even acquiring new customers. So they're not going to do it until they have an incentive. Now their incentive to do their job is getting paid. So if, if you tie that in to basically say, not that you have to have a certain goal, although the goal would likely be 100% of people you talk to, you should ask a review, uh, not necessarily the number of reviews, but, uh, but you're right. And there was something else you said, Brandon, that is really important. And that is uh, that you solicit the review at the time at their happiest moment, right? Now, one thing I've learned recently is that um, most companies 
ask for a review. And if they get the review, that's the end of it. But there's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't uh, solicit reviews multiple times from uh, the same customer. And what I mean is, if you are asking for a review and your top priority is Google, you ask them for Google. If they leave a review on Google, then their next happiest moment should be asking for a different platform and then a different platform. So we've identified a few of those moments, right? At the time uh, they're installed as one, at their solar anniversary, we call it solarversity, solar anniversary. Anniversary. So about one year after they got their solar panels, because that's around the, the time that they have had a full year to see how much money they've saved. Oftentimes we'll also solicit one at their uh, first or third bill. So the th first or third time that they actually get a solar bill to see that it's lower than what they were paying before. So they get their bill and they're like, holy cow, I'm saving money. Oh, hey, will you uh, leave a review? And every single one of those moments or those, uh, those milestones will solicit a review from a different platform. Uh, so, and you are also right that there are platforms outside of the major ones that are, that are really important. Solarreviews.com is a really, really important site for solar companies, uh, where people go. Uh, and then there are like, you know, best company that has their own little channels or whatever for each, each industry. But, uh, don't be afraid to solicit reviews multiple times, even if they've already left one. How familiar, I, I was thinking about, I feel like one medium or one platform that's unique to all this is Amazon, right? Let's say I sell some sort of health supplement and yeah, I have my own website, but 90% of my sales come through Amazon, 10% come through my website. So I am heavily dependent on having a lot of reviews on my Amazon listings and positive reviews. If I understand correctly, you as a seller do not have much control over soliciting, uh, or gosh, soliciting reviews to your page. Amazon controls that product, that, that, that process. That's one question I clarification on. I'm not sure if either of you know, and B, do you as the seller collect their email information to be able, or, or some sort of contact information to be able to hit them up outside of Amazon? Or if the transaction happens through Amazon, basically Amazon handles everything, including the managing and soliciting reviews, because if that's the case, then that's this conversation for those people is fairly irrelevant because we're talking about companies that have direct contact with their customers. A growing number of businesses are building their businesses on Amazon and making a lot of money doing it, but their reviews are not, I, the only attempt I have seen is it comes in the product. And usually it's like smaller shops and whatnot where I get my box and I'll open it up and there's like a little note from the company, it's like, hey, we live off reviews. This would mean so much to us. And honestly, I think that's a, it's effective, especially when like you're clearly a small company, you feel like you almost feel better about yourself. Like, yeah, I'll take some time to, to leave you a review there. Like, this is really cool. Bigger companies may not be able to get away with that to where people are just like, eh, you guys already make billions, whatever, and then move on. But outside of packaging a, a note soliciting a review to your, Amazon customers, is there anything else that you guys can think of that an Amazon seller could do to get more reviews? Or am I misunderstanding something about the platform? I've never sold on Amazon. I never worked with anyone who's sold directly. I've never worked in a marketing relationship that has served or sold on Amazon, but. Amazon is a very interesting platform there. First of all, how many items do you or have you purchased on Amazon? A lot, right? 
a ton. Has any one of those companies outside of an official Amazon email ever had your contact information? I don't know. I get emails all the time. Like how the heck they get my email address? I, I don't, I don't. I don't recall. I get, I get review solicitation emails, but they're always from Amazon. They're always through an Amazon yep. channel. I've never once received an email or any other uh, communication from a, from a Amazon vendor outside of the platform. So I don't think they get access to my information there. That would be, that, that would be really messed up if they did. Uh, I'll say this. Amazon has a whole underground review solicitation empire. Yeah. Uh, and, and they've, they've figured out ways, these sellers have figured out ways to use other platforms like Facebook to do very covert, weird things to sell their products uh, or, or basically give their products away to a community in exchange for positive reviews. Uh, my sister, I, I think all three of my sisters have been involved in it where I, I, I wish, I wish I knew how to find this. They have like, uh, in your mind's eye, think of your Facebook feed and you'll see like a grid of different products. You've got like pink shoes and red shoes and white shoes and black shoes and blue shoes in this grid with like prices. And then, and then in, in a comment below, they decode it. They basically say, you know, or, or they say something like, Hey, DM us if, if you're interested, but they're not actually selling shoes. Shoes have nothing to do with what they're selling, but they have some key off of Facebook that they give you in some way. I'm, I'm making some of this stuff up, but it's, it's all close. And then you go and red shoe equals, you know, this dress and blue shoe equals this necklace or whatever. And then you just put in the code that they give you. And then, and then, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm going into too much detail, especially since I don't really know all the details, but then, but then you, you communicate off of their stuff. They send you their product and then you review it on Amazon. I, like Amazon is one of the platform for free. Yep. Mm -hmm. For free. But that's the uh, thing. Am Amazon's like, I, I feel like Amazon's on top of that because with the whole verified buyer, like Amazon knows when you log into your Amazon account, whether or not you have purchased that product. So if they send you for free and you try to review it, Amazon's going to know that there's no record of you buying this. Now get out of here. You can buy it through Amazon and then the, <laughs> the seller and then the seller can refund you outside of Amazon. I see what you're saying. So you are it's initially still, buying it through Amazon. You're, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't know the whole process, but um, I, I will say Amazon does have ways of catch, catching this. I don't know exactly how they do it, but they've, they've, they've uh, penalized my, one of my sisters at least um, for doing something. But Amazon reviews are, Amazon is one of the platforms where the reviews are ones that I trust the least. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I trust him a lot. Really? Oh. Like I put a lot of weight into him. I put it way more than, than any other platform. I think like, I You're mean, a Google, fool. that's a big statement. I should, I, I, I hesitated saying that. I mean, Yelp, I don't put any in restaurants. I, I hate, hate Yelp. Yelp, your rears. Google, I feel like, I mean, food's so subjective in the first place. I mainly just I like, look like, like are their hairs reviews. constantly in the sandwiches? Yes or no. But Amazon like I love how people can like when I look at a product, the first thing I do is I go all the way down to the customer photos and I actually look at videos and photos that the customers have taken of the product. Yeah. And uh, that's, so, huge that's for a good me. point. That's a good point. I do like the photos and the videos, which make it a little bit more legit. Um, but 
I, like their algorithm for picking like best option or, or, you know, whatever they have, um, Amazon's choice. I like the, I think those can be gamed so hardcore. Well, we talked about that on, uh, and I was actually going to go back and listen to that episode because I was interested in relearning some of those things. Who do we have in the podcast that was Amazon? Like that's what he did. Yeah, I remember uh, it had the it had the word commerce in the name of the company. Well, yeah, he talked a little bit about what each of those means and kind of broke them down. But do you, how, do you how motivated do you think Amazon is to get their sellers reviews? Do you think Amazon just does like the bare minimum? Hey, review this. Or do you think Amazon has a team of people dedicated to thinking all day, how do we get our sellers more reviews? Or does Amazon really not care? Is there any motivation for them to get their sellers reviews? I'm sure there's motivation. I mean, they want their sellers to be happy and they also know that that reviews, yeah, uh, equate to more purchases and they get more money. I'm sure they have, I mean, the fact that they have the uh, the automated emails that go out now, I say automated, I'm sure there's some work that goes into that, but. I'm surprised Amazon has not done some sort of incentive for consumers to leave reviews. Kind of like how they have like a very small incentive. You can get it in two days on Tuesday, or if you're willing to wait till Wednesday, we'll give you $1 in digital credit to use for some digital product why not have something similar for reviews where, Hey, if you leave a review, maybe they do. And I just have not seen it, but kind of like what Google, Google has just done, has, has gamified it just for pride. So people can be like, yeah, check it out. I'm a local guide. I've got a badge next to my name when people are looking at this restaurant and, and now I'm higher up and I can feel good about myself. Amazon has the power to actually give you some sort of incentive to where you're getting maybe 50 cents every review you leave and it adds Don't they up have- and it's, don't they have kind of it gamified? I mean, it's kind of like Reddit where you, you can like reviews or something. Anyway, yeah, the guy's name is Gabe Ray. Gabe Ray is, was the COO at Evolved Commerce, episode 510. That's right. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good podcast. I feel like, uh, and we even said in the show, like we, didn't get, we gotta have him, come back, have him come back for a part two because there was a lot we didn't even get into. And he was just answering questions left and right. One thing that I, uh, we have not been talking about is um, what happens after the review. I've been, uh, I'm actually right in the middle of soliciting reviews from all of our customers. Yep. I got, uh, I got your email. Yep. As well as uh, our employees. So I'm also surveying all of our employees. So um it's interesting to like, number one, you get just a mountain of data coming back that you can act on and you should act on. Uh, and the reviews that we've been talking about are more public facing, which I think can still be acted upon. Um, I had an experience, there's this company called Montana Fire Pits and I talk about them a lot. They uh, sell gas parts for like a gas fire pit that you can build yourself. And I, I put one in my backyard and I did a lot of research. I found this guy on YouTube and he just has hundreds of videos that are all about gas fire pits, how hot they get, which kind you want, how to set one up instruct and like tons and tons of videos on everything you could think of when it comes to fire pits. And it's just this one guy, he's the CEO and you, you kind of get to know him uh, through watching these videos. So then I went and I was going to purchase, I put in my cart, it's kind of expensive. And I was like, ah, I kind of hesitated and I left and I thought I'll think about this another day. And then I get an email, it's an abandoned cart email saying, hey, you left this in your cart. Uh, 
And that actually is like, ah, you know, I do want that. And I got back into it because of that email I purchased. And then his wife called me and said, Hey, you didn't select like what color glass you want for your fire pit. And I was like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I want this color. Um, so then they hit me up with an email that had his like, big face on it and said, Hey, I'd really appreciate it if you left me a review. I have this connection with him. I feel like I do. Like I talked to his wife. I've seen him in these videos. He asked me for this review and I see his face like asking for it. It's like, yeah, I'll leave you a review. I mean, you're basically a family friend at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so then I left the review on Google and then this is automated through Google, but I get updates when the review helped convince someone, uh, to check out their fire pits. And so I feel like I'm part of the company now, like, and I'm having an effect like, oh, thanks, like for following up. Um, and then he actually just sent me a package uh, a couple weeks ago with like a, a couple knickknacks and stuff from his company in there, like a sticker and a cup or whatever to thank me for the review that I left. Um, and it made me feel like, oh man, I, like I've, I'm a part of this guy's marketing, you know, like I help. Uh, but it just, it solidified, I already liked the brand, I already liked him, but it solidified this relationship that I feel with the brand through him following up. I think often we just say, great, thanks for you, peace out. Uh, and, and there's opportunities to continue to engage to say like, hey, we're so happy that you like our product, thank you so much for the review, and then get them engaged other, other ways too. Um, I, I'm on a big kick right now with marketing where I think everything should have a call to action. There's nothing we do that should not have a call to action. So you want to avoid dead ends. Even your privacy policy page, no reason that can't have a call to action or the business cards that you guys print, like that could have a call to action. Um, so the review is the call to action, right? You leave a review, great, it's left. And then you usually follow it with thank you, but it should be thank you. And then something else, what else can they do for you? Um, and what else can they do for themselves, right? Uh, so I think those reviews are a huge dead end that people have in businesses that, um, we shouldn't have. And this was all inspired by TikTok. Just thinking about how TikTok is designed to lead you into the next step. And there's never an end. There's never a dead end. You can have the same thing with your marketing and your business. Never have a dead end. Always have something that leads into something else almost to infinity. Hey Brandon, did Paxton just say that TikTok inspired him? Yeah, I, I, I think I have to go back and listen to that. I think I heard that. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Uh, I, 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 that resonates with me. In fact, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking, gosh, I wonder if, if we could put together a program where we're, where we're gifting something for all the reviews we get. I mean, we get a lot of reviews. Um, but, and then I started to think like, how, if we sent like a little box with some fun little, you know, what, what if we sent like a, where do, I've got something here, right here. See this? This is a, it's a little solar uh, battery pack. Oh, people would love that. And it says Vivint Solar right on it. They would what love if we that. We sent that to people who um, who left a review. I don't know how much that costs, but uh, and then I think about the the ramifications. Like, how how likely is it that when fire pits come up in Paxton's life in conversation, however often that happens, he's going to talk about this dude? 100%. And he's, and he's going to say, dude, you guys check this out. I, I carry this everywhere I go because I, it charges my phone and I can just leave it out. And the sun freaking charges this thing. 
you could um, even, I mean, I don't know how much that costs again too. And it's kind of the marketer's job to spend money, but you could even give them two and say, Hey, here's one for you and one for a friend. Uh, and then have, get them being a little refer and say, Hey, give this to a friend. And if they end up buying solar, we'll also give you a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something and create yeah. a referral program. No. Yeah, you're right. Why not? So, you know, so, Why not so, so that's what I'm thinking is Paxton. I, I love this idea of not incentivizing someone to leave a review, but thanking them for leaving a review and the positive implications that that would bring. Uh, I also had another thought, but I forgot about it. So I have a follow-up question real quick for Paxton. How much of this experience has to do with the fact that this person is presumably a small business and, and or how much of it was the fact that you had direct contact with the owner slash CEO of the company. Like if North Face is listening to this and they're thinking, dang, we do a lot of YouTube tutorials and whatnot. Like how, how can we do this? Should, should like someone high up or the C like, would it, would it make a difference to you if the CEO of maybe North Face is too big, but if the CEO is reaching out to you saying, Hey, this is awesome. Like, was it the fact that he's so high up or is it the fact that they're small and you kind of feel like you're helping? I have no idea how large they are. So I don't know. Um, and I didn't have any, I didn't have any interactions with the CEO. Uh, it was just his wife that called asking a question about uh, fulfilling the order. So, I mean, that obviously signals that they're kind of smaller. I, it has nothing to do with their size though. It's that I just feel like I have, like I'm a fan of their brand. I own their product. Uh, they helped me when I was in a time of need and I wasn't like dire need, but I needed information. I needed help and they helped, they provided it. Um, and it makes me want to repay the favor. You know, I like them and I'll for probably for the rest of my life. If anyone ever asked me about fire pit recommendations, I'm going to talk about Montana fire pits. In fact, I've actually talked about them on stage in conference, like in conferences a couple times. So they've gotten good publicity out of me just by providing a good experience and making me feel like I'm a part of their company. And I, you can do the same thing with a brand. Frankly, with, with automation and the power and tools that we have in the digital world, there's no reason why the CEO of North Face can't ask me personally for a review. Um, so, but that's not the only way to do it. I think you just have to build a connection with your brand and a relationship with the brand. It's harder to do if it's just a logo and uh, easier to do if, you, if there's a face to it. So I think there's power. I mean, look at what Homie just did with their video talking about the founders and what they're doing is they're attaching faces to a brand to help you build a relationship with that company. Uh, and, and there's power to that. But that's not, again, that's not the only way to go. You don't have to do it that way. Well, and the reason I asked that is because I feel like there is this ongoing discussion. It's just like the history of business. Small businesses try to do things to make them look like they're a big business. Ah, if I'm, the, if I'm reaching out to the customers, it's gonna make it look like I'm the only guy here. It's just me and six people. And then big businesses are striving to look like small businesses. It's almost like this grass is greener on grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. And I wasn't sure if you had, I mean, this perhaps is going off the rails, but I wasn't sure if there was an opinion there of like, should companies strive to look very small and personal or is there a line where you look too small kind of thing? Like where's that fine balance? Cause I think that I, I feel that plays a big part, maybe not with you specifically, but with a lot of people, if you're a small business, like if you look like a mom and pop shop, people are much more likely to work with you and give you reviews because they want to help. They let, people just love seeing a business grow. But once they know that you're a big business, they're like, eh, you don't need my review. I feel like that's how a lot of people are. Again, there's no data. I haven't looked at any data behind that. That's just my opinion 
on stuff to where once people kind of realize, oh, they're, they're kind of small. I, could, I, I feel like I'm a big part of this, uh, which I, I feel like you, the, some of that played into the, 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 the subtlety of, of, of you helping them out. But that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it, for me personally, it didn't. I could see people feeling that way. Although I'm sure I could find examples of companies that are known to be very large and feel very large, but people, their customers feel like they have Zappos. a connection with, yeah, a connection with their company or their team or their CEO or someone um, to the point where they feel like they'll go out of their way to help that company grow, whether they're big or small. And that uh, is the sign of a good business. That is a sign of a good business. Can I, can't, I, can't, I can't get my mind off of this gift idea. Um, and then if you apply it to soliciting multiple times, how likely is someone to, or to leave a second review if they had gotten a gift from you after the first review? Mm. Yep, probably a lot more likely. But then they might be a, anticipating a second gift. Yep, which won't come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that? I feel like that's a good, uh, good ending to a great story. It's a good discussion. Good discussion. I like it, guys. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. I'm like the default closing guy now. Can't so, wait to hear what you come up with. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm just, all I gotta say is thanks for thanks for listening or thanks for watching to all of those to all of those on YouTube. <laughs> be sure to leave a comment. I want one. We'll take one. We'll take one. It could be anything. Insult one of us. Whatever. Is Sonder just Sonder? Finally, leave us a comment, Sonder. Come on. Yeah, one of you has to be watching on YouTube, unless the rest of you are on podcasts. I think our podcast numbers. I don't think I know our podcast numbers are much bigger than our YouTube numbers, but we'll keep trying. We'll keep plugging away. Maybe one day we'll, I, we'll make it to LinkedIn. I want you to send us out with one of your impressions. One of my impressions? Yeah. I don't do impressions. Yeah, you do voices. Yeah. You, like you what? do great voices. Let's hear Christopher Walken. I can't do a Christopher Walken. All That's right, the hardest Donald guy Trump. to do. What? Donald yeah, Trump. I don't do anybody. On, just send us out on Donald Trump. I, I can't think. Just I'll, I'll think of a Donald next time. Do it. Do it. No, right now. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's right there. Uh, hey, guys. Nope. That wasn't it. <laughs> oh, God. Just, next week's going to be big. It's going to be big. There we go. There you go. We'll see. Oh, I love hey, that. guys. It's Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Donald Trump. I do. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we might cut this out. See you later, everybody. Thanks for watching. <laughs> I'm not, not cutting this. Great. Great. <laughs> we'll see ya. Okay. See you guys.